everybody! It's Luke here. We are your hosts, Darian and Alyssa. And today we're discussing Sedna, mistress of the underworld from Native American myth, or more specifically North American, and other topics connecting to Native American underworldness. Let's start off with some background information on Sedna, mistress of the underworld. This myth comes from the Inuit, a group of Arctic indigenous people living in Siberia, Alaska, Canada, and Greenland. The word Inuit comes from the word Inuktitut, which is the language they speak. Inuit merely means people, therefore Inuit can be referred to as the people who speak Inuktitut. Another term for the Inuit is Eskimo. The Eskimo relied on their natural resources and innovative tools and skills to adapt to the harsh weather environment in the region. Their diet consisted of mostly fish and sea mammals, which include seals, whales, caribou, and walruses, which I realize now caribou is not a sea mammal, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not. Animals, out of respect, was not only used as a food source, but all parts of the animals were used effectively. This helped with clothes, tools, innovative spears and harpoons, parka coats, blankets, and boats. The Eskimo are still known today as being resourceful and concise. Although the Inuit are not Indians, Eskimo stories resemble Indian stories. The myth about Sedna tells a story about the origin of whales and seals while Sedna becomes known as the ruler of the dead. So for those of you who aren't very familiar with the Sedna myth, um, I'll go ahead and kind of give like the the most popular version of the myth that um, that's like retold and that we've seen in our textbook and things like that. So basically, uh, the story goes that there was a Inuit with his daughter named Sedna. Uh, they lived together, like they lived a quiet life because um, previously, like her her mother and his wife had died, so it's just them two living alone together. And uh, Sedna was actually known to be a pretty beautiful woman. So she had a lot of like guys like pining for her and asking for her hand in marriage. But Sedna was kind of stubborn and she had like a proud heart. So she she didn't really accept any of their proposals because of how proud she was. Something we see in other myths as well, like the Japanese myth. Yes, the bamboo cutter myth. Yes. Yeah. Where she will not she would not marry anyone. No matter what items they might have gotten yeah. for her. Even if she like requested items when they brought it to her, she would still say like no to them. Yes, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's like another myth we will also compare this myth to that is not the Japanese myth, uh, but we're going to save that for later. Yes. Um, so basically, one day, um, a seagull came to where Sedna was because he heard Sedna was so beautiful. And he basically tried to woo her with his song. Come to me, he said, come into the land of the birds, where there is never hunger, where my tent is made of the most beautiful skins. You shall rest on soft bear skins. My fellows, the seagulls, will bring you all your heart desires. Their feathers will clothe you. Your lamp shall always be filled with oil, your pot with meat. So Sedna hears this from the seagull, and even though he's a seagull, she's just like, wow, that sounds like a pretty sweet deal. That sounds like a luxury life. So, like, why shouldn't I take this deal? Yeah, I would... Definitely want to marry a seagull. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Screw all those probably good-looking young boys who wanted your yeah. marriage. Go with a seagull. I'm going to date a seagull. <laughs> <laughs> he offers me all this luxury. Why not? <laughs> yeah. 
So basically, Sudden I just looked at this deal and she was like, oh, that sounds pretty good. So she agreed to it. And she went with a seagull uh, over the sea to where his home was. Um, but after, but she found out that her new spouse had a trickster and he didn't actually have all the luxury he promised her, which that doesn't sound far off from a lot of relationships and drama I've heard in the past. I feel like this is a thing that happens sometimes, unfortunately, oh, yeah. in relationships. Promises that. So it's relatable. Them. It is relatable. Maybe you can relate it to a reality show. Yes. Like, you said you're going to give me all these fancy stuff and you didn't. Like, I see that all the time, I feel like. So maybe this is like a uh, past reality show almost. I don't really know what she was expecting when she married a seagull. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Seagulls aren't really the prettiest of birds and they don't really have that beautiful of a voice or like a song. I just think of the, you know, mine, mine, mine from, like, yeah. Finding Nemo. They're kind of, like, annoying. I My family is from Michigan, so I mm-hmm. always see a bunch of seagulls. Mm-hmm. Um, Not attracted to them? No. <laughs> I point them out. I'm like, oh, bird, seagull. And then I go on with my day. Yeah. I don't want to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to marry a bird, I would say a more beautiful bird would probably be, like, an eagle or, like, like a powerful a, bird, or you know? like a colorful bird, yeah, like, like a, a parrot pe- or a peacock, or yeah. a peacock. Are those? Is that a bird? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, a penguin's a bird. Yes. I date a penguin. I feel like the penguin would basically like give you what the seagull ends up giving her, though. Oh. <laughs> so okay. So basically, Sedna <laughs> she like finds out like all this luxury the seagull promised her like is not like real. Um, quoting from like a story, it said her new home was not built of beautiful pelts, but was covered with wretched fish skins, uh, full of holes that gave free entrance to wind and snow. Instead of soft reindeer skins, her bed was made of hard walrus hides, and she had to live on miserable fish, which the birds brought her. Too soon, she discovered that she had thrown away her opportunities when in her foolish pride, she had rejected the Inuit youth. So basically, she made a hasty decision, and she was too proud to date these nice boys that probably would have given her a decent life, but she ran off with the seagull and his promises weren't what he said they would be. I mean, her not listening, listening to her parents is another common theme we see Mm -hmm. in mythology. Yeah, definitely. And it's also a big theme in reality shows as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, We see the theme of not listening to your parents a lot in mythology. uh, And it's usually like women. It's usually the women yes. who aren't listening to their parents. There is Jokahainen. Yes. In, uh, hmm. Forget which culture it's from. Oh, the Kalevala. The Got Kalevala. Oh. <laughs> Can I remember the title? But yes, he um, he wants to fight Vinamainen against his mother's wishes. And you should always listen to your parents, kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this also also relates to uh, another myth we're going to discuss a little bit later on. Uh, so basically, a big theme here seems to be not listening to your parents or, um, I guess, trying to live too large almost. And then you're kind of getting karma for that a little bit. But basically, after uh, Sedna realizes what a foolish decision she made, she kind of like starts singing. She's like, oh, dad, like, I made a very bad decision. Uh, Like, the birds are awful to me. I wish you would come save me. I wish I could go back home. She talks about, like, basically how her life is miserable. Like, the food the birds give her isn't the best. Her bed is not comfortable. Um, 
she's just not enjoying her life with her new single husband. So she wants to come home, which I'm sure anyone would want <laughs> if they were in this yeah. situation. Again, I'm not sure what she expected with the seagull. But. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like even though a penguin probably lives similarly, I think a penguin would be better because they all cuddle together. And penguins are cute. Yeah. Baby penguins. Baby penguins are really cute. Yes. So like, I feel like her life maybe could have been better with a penguin mm-hmm. if she's living in the Arctic area, which it seems well, like Well, are there is. penguins? In northern, in this region, oh, like in Alaska, yeah, Canada? Alaska, Canada, Siberia. Uh, I honestly don't know where penguins live. <laughs> I know they live in Antarctica. Yes, and in Africa, actually. Oh, um, let's see. They live in the southern hemisphere, which means they live south of the equator. Oh, so they do not live. There we go. She cannot marry, she cannot a, marry penguin. a penguin, I guess. I uh, guess that is why it's a seagull. That's why it's a seagull. Okay, mystery solved. <laughs> why she would marry a seagull. <laughs> now there's other questions to that, but we'll just skip over that. So basically, uh, a year passes of this, of Sedna living this awful life with her seagull husband, which who we don't really see anymore in the story that much. We don't get any more like dialogue or see how their marriage is, how their relationship yeah. is. Basically, she's just li- li- living with his seagull buddies and not having the luxury life she wanted. So after a year, her father decides to come visit her. And when he sees what a awful life she is living, he's like, oh, this is awful. I'm taking my daughter back with me. So he kills her seagull husband, which I don't think would be that hard to do. <laughs> he's a seagull. He kills the seagull husband and he runs off with Sedna in his boat. And then later on, uh, the seagull husband's friends come along and they see their friend dead and his wife gone. And they're like, oh, she must have killed him. Let's go after her. Uh, So they're basically fugitives at this point. So Sedna and her dad are trying to swim, like go away in the boat. And the seagulls are like coming after them because they're mad and sad. Do they start a storm? They do. Yeah. So I guess with their wings, I'm not sure if it was really this specific, but I think it was their wing beats. That, like, caused a storm in the ocean and was, like, uh, threatening, like, the boat, basically, and threatening to, like, wreck the boat. So, the father, being a good father that he is, he throws (laughs) his daughter, Sedna, off the side of the boat to save himself. Even though he went all this way to save, he went and saved her and killed her husband. A lot of effort put into nothing. (laughs) Yes. He's, like, saving her only to just, like, throw her out. He's, like, oh, well, um, my life over here is sorry. Pushes her off the boat. Um, so, but then Sedna, she's not like ready to die. She's like, I don't want to go out with like this. So she grabs the side of the boat and her dad's still desperate to get her off the boat. So he starts cutting her fingers off. Um, and then the fingers uh, end up falling into the sea and they turn into whales, whale bone. They turn into basically like and marine seals. animals. Yeah, and seals. They turn into marine animals, not caribou. Yeah. Caribou are not <laughs> marine animals. <laughs> um but Sedna's still holding on. She She's a badass. She wants yes. to live. She's like, no, I'm I not, mean, this is not the way I'm going to go only out. Only a badass can rule the underworld. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like, that's what she becomes. And she still holds on to the boat. And she's still there. Well, um, what ends up happening is eventually the storm subsides. And the seagulls think that Sedna is dead. So they end up leaving. And then the father then allows her to come back on the boat. He's like, sorry about that, daughter. Here, you can come back on the boat. Yeah, you don't have, like, any grudges against me or anything, right? Like, I was just trying to save myself. Sedna's not so easy to forgive. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't be either. He's like, gosh, dad, thanks. 
Um, so Sedna ends up, uh, they, they, she like goes with him to back to the land. Um, and she's like hating him now. Like, I mean, it makes sense though. He tried, he cut her fingers off and he tried to just like throw her off the boat to save himself. So she has like a hatred against him. She wants to get revenge. So what ends up happening is when they're ashore, she calls dogs to come and basically chew off his hands and feet when he's sleeping. And you can imagine when he wakes up, he's not very happy about this. Um, So he curses himself and Sedna. And the dogs. And the dogs. Which I find super interesting. He curses the dogs. (laughs) Even though it was not their fault. They're kind of just doing what Sedna said. Yeah. Whatever. The dogs are at fault too. So he curses them all. And then the earth just opens up and swallows them. And that's where they basically go into the underworld. And that's where they've been like ever since. They're like rulers of the underworld now. And that's basically the the most popular version of the myth. Oh, very heartwarming family tale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're now in the underworld together forever. Father and daughter. It is now about the halfway point of this episode, and while we have no sponsor, we would like to take this time to thank Professor Horn for making this podcast possible and for being a passionate, amazing individual. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. In another version of the myth, Sedna is referred to being a sea goddess. Sedna is the daughter of the creator god, Anguda, and his wife. Because of a huge appetite, she ate everything in her parents' home, including one of her father's arms. Uh, I mean... Cannibalism? Question mark. Yes. Oh, cannibalism is always in mythology, yes. it seems. And also, I don't know about you, but I do get in moods where I like to snack a lot, but I feel like my father's arm would be the last thing on my mind to eat. Uh, I would... She should just eat the seagull. <laughs> if there's seagulls present, since this is another version of myth, if there are seagulls present, she should just eat the seagull instead of her father's arms. That's probably why he doesn't like her anymore. This myth, though, is a different version. So she's not married to a seagull. Oh. Yes. So there's so, no seagull. Yes. Let me continue. So. <laughs> Sorry. After... She eats off her father's arms or arm. I'm not sure how many. Um, oh, wait, no, that was it. <laughs> you dumb. That was just like one version of part of the myth. It just ends up her eating her dad's arm. Yes, I'm sure. I think that's just the beginning part. And then maybe then her father throws her off a boat or something like that. With his one arm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what if both his arms are... He, just, he kicks her off the boat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> his head butts her off the boat. Yes. Okay. Some versions or some other versions depicts Senna being married to a dog. So this idea uh, comes up a lot in the different versions mm-hmm. of the myth. I mean, I love my dog, but not that much. Yes. You know, but um, I think it is uh, important to say, like, uh, even though this isn't strictly like Native American myth, because... It is like a different culture, but the stories are very similar to Native yes. American myth. And a lot of Native American myths um, it is like very uh, like prominent and like popular like theme you see where people are marrying animals and having like lovers who are animals. Um, 
yeah, so like animals play like a very big part <laughs> in people's love lives yeah. and just in general in these myths. Uh, so it's not very surprising in this culture to see her marry a seagull or a dog. But uh, I mean, to to just an average listener right now hearing that, it's strange. But to them, this was kind of like, yeah, this is they were used to hearing people marrying animals. Yeah, I completely forgot about those other myths where people mm-hmm. married animals. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a very important detail. Mm-hmm. It was normal for them. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back to the myth. Um, so, okay, her being married to the dog is part of her eating her father's arms. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, after, that was just, I guess it just had to be, known that she was married to a dog Mm -hmm. in the middle of the story. But anyways, furious with Senna, Anguta Anguta throws her over the side of her, or out of the side of the canoe, Mm -hmm. but she was able to hold on to the edge. She is very persistent, Mm -hmm. right? Living, yes. Yes, okay. (laughs) She wants to live. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't want to die either. So, <laughs> Anguta starts chopping off her fingers to get her to fall off, and then Sedna sinks to the into the underworld, which is also known as Adlivan, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> so, her chopped fingers become seals, sea lions, and whales, and now are hunted by the Inuit. Hmm, interesting. Yes. So, in any myth, her fingers get chopped off. Yes, that seems to be a common theme of the story. Yes, <laughs> her fingers get cut off, and that's what makes like a lot of the yeah. like uh, the wildlife in like Alaska and Canada. And yeah, those I think countries. In the common myth that you described, um, her fingers just become like seals mm-hmm. and whales and wit. Uh, it was bone. Like, yeah, it even became whale bone. Yes, too. and then this one, she's. Not just seals and whales, it's also sea lions. So, And sea lions different. are different than seals, for those who think they're the same. Yes. They are different. <laughs> Another myth depicts Senna as being lured. <laughs> lured? Lured. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. lured. Okay. I'm just going to skip over that because I can't say it. <laughs> okay, now you say the word. Lured. Okay, into marriage from an evil bird spirit. So this isn't technically a seagull. It's a bird spirit. Mm-hmm. Somewhat similar. Her father tries to rescue her, but it did not go well. The spirit becomes angry with Sedna and her father and causes a huge storm. Mm-hmm. To save himself and his people, Sedna's father made the decision to throw Sedna into the sea. And so, and so this version, he was like kind of doing it for the greater good, but in the most popular version of the story, he was kind of just saving his yeah. own skin, basically. Yes. And so these different versions of the myth depict Senna either as an innocent myth- victim or someone serving her punishment. Mm-hmm. So with like her being greedy, that's with like the seagull, mm-hmm. she was kind of being greedy when she kind of followed the seagull. Mm-hmm. That's kind of her getting her punishment once she dies mm-hmm. and goes to the underworld. It seems in this version, she was like lured into a marriage. Yeah. So she's kind of tricked into it. And but- it says evil bird spirit. So mm-hmm. definitely she's the more innocent mm-hmm. person in this situation. And she's kind of like sacrificed yeah. in this case. 
Okay, so with Senna now being the ruler of Amivon and the goddess of sea animals, she provides for the people. She decides how many animals are killed for food, and she lets the people eat her food if they agree to her rules. If anyone was to break her rules, Senna would punish the people with sickness, starvation, and storms. I bet one of those rules is not marrying seagulls. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) While living in Adlivon, Senna drags her foot around all bent up. I'm not really sure why. Maybe this, her, she had an accident when she was being cut off from the boat from her father. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mention anything about her foot. I don't know why her leg is bent. Her foot's just all messed up right now. (laughs) Yeah, for some reason. Okay. Yeah. And then she still has a dog with her and who or who may or may not be her husband in this version, mm-hmm. but the dog guards her. You just can't trust her with dogs. <laughs> Man's best friend, no. A uh, woman's best boyfriend, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anguta, um, Sedna's father, lives in Amnivon as well. Some versions say that Sedna was allowed back onto the canoe once the bird thought Sedna was dead. Sedna, unhappy, thought her father threw her over the boat. Justified. <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either. Oh. Yes, and cut off her fingers. Cursed her dogs to... Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cursed her dogs... To eat her father's hands and feet. Ouch. Yes. And then the herb swallowed the dog, Senna, and her father into Adlivon. So, like, no matter, I guess, what version it is, she's associated with dogs in, like, some way. Yeah. Maybe because she did have a relationship with the dogs, maybe that's why they're like, yeah, babe, I'll eat off your dad's hands and Mm -hmm. feet for you. Whatever you want, babe. (laughs) Yeah, though... I personally like the more common version of the myth where the father curses all three of them. Mm -hmm. I just find that a bit more funny. Yeah, I just feel like that. uh, Yeah, it's just funny. It's like, I cursed myself, I curse you, and I curse these dogs (laughs) for what they did. Yes. It is more humorous. And I Mm -hmm. guess uh, that's kind of a more explanation to why I guess the earth swallows them and they get sent to the underworld. Because, like, in this version uh, that you just told, it kind of sounds like the Earth just swallowed them for some yeah. reason. But the other one, that was kind of the explanation. Like, he cursed all of them, and that, like, sent them to the underworld. Yeah. So now that we've discussed, uh, like, the Sedna myth and, like, the different versions of the myth, um, because it's all, like, regarding, like, the underworld, basically, um, I thought it would be interesting to just talk about, like, Native American or Northern American beliefs of the afterlife and death in general, because it seems like such an interesting topic. Uh, and because the underworld is like a big part of like every mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, in terms of Native American and North American beliefs, um, it varies from tribe to tribe. So it's different with every tribe. Every tribe is different. Um, they all have their own beliefs and some don't even necessarily believe in afterlives at all. So some of them don't even believe that there's a, there's a place you go to after death or something becomes of your body. Um, for some tribes, when someone dies, they can become part of the stars or even part of the earth. Um, but if they're disturbed in the earth, then they turn into ghosts by like acts such as grave robbing or other unnatural acts. 
Uh, and this kind of sounds like close to like the stereotypical belief of, you know, um, Native American burial grounds that you see in a lot of like ghost shows. And there's a lot of haunting stories. Like people are like, oh, well, we built this house on a Native American or Indian burial ground. And that's like the reason the place is haunted. Like that's the reason people, that's like what people blame their hauntings for basically. So it could connect with the belief of the sacred Native American burial grounds and why people think their houses are haunted or whatnot um, on spots on earth that are possibly inhabited by spirits that are haunting them or cursing them. But for some other tribes, souls of those who've passed just go to the spirit world where they can still communicate with the living through dreams or the intercession of medicine people. So sometimes they have specific people to speak with the dead. In other cases, there's like selected lands for the dead. So maybe what we see today as like cemeteries perhaps like they had like their own like selected lands to bury the dead which are often looked after by like a god of death or a supernatural caretaker of some sort so they did have specific people for to tend to the dead it seemed like whether that be an actual god of death so for example sedna or even like some of the medicine people it kind of just varies from tribe to tribe now that we know the different versions of the myth and the common beliefs of the underworld, we can now compare the themes of this myth, Senna, the mistress of the underworld, to other myths that we have read this semester. I know like one myth I think about that um, like immediately comes to mind, like I think is similar with the Sedna myth, is um, the myth, like an, it's like an African myth where this girl marries a skull. She's like tricked into marrying a skull, yes. basically. Um, basically it kind of follows like the same line it's like this girl she's very beautiful she has a lot of like suitors who want to marry her but she's too proud um and then she gets like tricked into marrying like uh another being like she shouldn't marry like against her like her parents don't really approve of it which i'm sure her father in, in the sedna myth i'm sure the father wouldn't really have approved of the seagull yes in this book it's called the disobedient daughter who married a skull so what a title <laughs> she did not listen to her parents mm -mm. she based so basically a skull heard of this beautiful woman of the surface world he's like oh like i want her like she needs to be mine so because he's just a skull, he needs a body to go impress her and yes. meet her. So I think he like borrows body parts from his friends. He's like, hey, guys, can I just like borrow like your limbs and your body so I can like, go woo this girl and I'll give I'll give him back. Yeah. His friends are like, OK, man. So he basically does that. Uh, he gets. Wait, who are his friends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who is the skull's friends? It's just like a hand. Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, dismembered body parts. The skull lives in the spirit land. So how do these other people have body parts? Hmm. Maybe it's uh, like monsters or something. Yeah. And they can just kind of pop off their hands like Frankenstein. I know in a lot of cartoons does that. He just pops off his hand. Maybe this skull just died without a body somehow. <laughs> he was decapitated. <laughs> he lost his body. Uh-huh. So he, just he has to steal other body parts from his friends. To woo this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Uh, so he goes to the surface world. He looks like a handsome man. Don't know how he does that. He just with I all mean, his body parts. He still has a skull. His face is a skull unless he borrows somehow, someone's face. Yeah. Maybe he borrows it's someone's face. Yeah. <laughs> Build a boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Reminds us of the. 
American, American Horror, Horror Story. Yeah, yeah, American Horror Story. Uh, very disturbing show, but it's great. Yeah. And the third season, Coven, uh, this boy, he dies in, like, a car accident. And, like, these two witches are like, oh, that's a shame. He's He was cute. And they're like, well, his face is handsome, but now we can take the opportunity using witchcraft to give him all the body parts like we want to make the perfect boy. A wonderful idea, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so they take, like, a very, like, uh, nicely built, like, torso and maybe, like, a nice butt they throw in there. <laughs> they, they make a Frankenstein boy, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not as good as I thought it would be, but, I mean, like, He's still there, to my knowledge, so. And it seems like he's in a relationship with one of them. But back to the African skull myth. He borrows, like, body parts and maybe a face from his friends. And he goes up to the surface world, and he meets this girl. And she's like, oh, my, he's very, he's very handsome. Like, I'll marry him. I don't want to marry any of these other boys, like, recommended to me by my parents or that are pining for me. But I will definitely marry this stranger. Uh, So then they go back to her house, and she's like, asking her parents like hey can I marry this guy and they're like I don't know he's a stranger we really don't want you marrying him and she's like well I'm gonna do it anyway so you know what I just want to point out I'm really surprised on how well you remember this yes I love myth this was a very um intriguing story I think I just have a horrible memory (laughs) I remember that she married a skull and and it didn't end well I did not I mean could it small details like you do would marrying a skull ever end well though Probably. Yeah. Uh, so she disobeys her parents and she runs off with the skull who's disguised as a handsome man. And then he takes her to the underworld and she's like, oh, like, this is where you live? Like, uh, cool. And he's like, oh, by the way, babe, I'm just a skull. Yeah. <laughs> and his friends are come over and they're like, hey, man, give us our body parts back. And it's revealed the handsome macho man she thought she married is actually only a skull. Yeah. And as you can imagine, living in the underworld, married to a skull which is similar to, you know, marrying a seagull and living in the Arctic. But it's not a great life. Yeah. And she finds out everyone in the spirit land are cannibals. That's nice. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> she could not only is she married to a skull and stuck in the underworld, but she also has the risk of being eaten. Yes. Nice. Guess you should have listened to your parents. That's I think that's essentially the message of this and the message of perhaps the Sedna myth as well, even though it didn't specifically say uh, in the seagull one, like her father didn't approve of it. In the dog version, her father did not approve of her marriage to the dog, yeah. and she her it doesn't end well for her. Um, but it, this this myth has a happy ending though. She um, the skull's mother, I think, in this myth, he's she's like, hey girl, you you don't belong here. You're gonna get eaten. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I want to get out of here. So essentially, the skull's mother, I think, helps her escape back yeah. to the surface. And world. it helps that she, I'm kind of like. Took care of the skull's mother, so yeah, she took. So the skull's mother and her like bonded. Yeah, it seemed, and then the skull's which, mother assisted her which out. Helps her in the end when the mother helps her escape. Mm-hmm. So she it ends well to her. She doesn't end up in the underworld like Sedna did. She goes back home, and I'm sure she learned her lesson. And I think the theme of both these stories is listen to your parents and don't marry strangers. Definitely don't marry strangers. Yes. Sedna didn't know the seagull. He was talking like a sweet game, but it didn't end well. And kind of the same with the skull. He might have looked cute in the moment, but when she realized the truth about him, it wasn't pretty. Yes. And in the system moral, which you kind of already touched on, is Mm -hmm. that 
you should obey one's parents, especially in the matter of marriage, mm-hmm. which is a, an important thing in like different cultures. Mm-hmm. If you think of um, Asian culture, mm-hmm. traditionally the parents kind of pick the spouse. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think of immediately uh, Mulan. Like yeah. They try to, they play matchmaker. Mm-hmm. They, they like set them up with somebody, yes. like someone from a good family who will bring their family honor, essentially. Yes. And I have watched my fair share of Korean traditional dramas, mm-hmm. and there's always arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. And, um, there is a lot of marriages that are like kind of based on like actual like true love, mm-hmm. and they kind of choose that love for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so there's just like two different sides. What what Lissa's trying to say is go check out Korean dramas. Yes. <laughs> but um something like this myth also reminds me of uh I think there's a theme in a lot of myths of like gluttony, for example, yep. or appetite. Because um in the Sedna myth she marries a seagull or in other cases a dog. And in other Native American, like, people myths, like, there was a woman who married a bear. Like, her lover was a bear. And, of course, people didn't approve of that. They're like, yo, why are you marrying a bear? And uh, the bear ended up being killed. And I can't remember the exact reason she turned into a bear. But because her bear boyfriend was killed, <laughs> she turned oh. into a bear. And uh, she tried to, like, kill everyone. So she had to be killed. And then... Um, in a cannibal yeah surprising there's another cannibal myth (laughs) this woman she's like oh man like i can't she like tasted her skin one day her skin she burned her skin and she was like licking it i guess to try to soothe her pain and she ended up tasting her skin so she ate off all the skin on her arms and she's like i can't stop eating skin like i'm a cannibal now so she like went around trying to eat people um and then in the sudden myth you know she was kind of um wanting that luxury. She's like hungry for that luxury life. So I think like a big theme in these myths too is gluttony and appetite, like biting off more than you can chew or your eyes being bigger than like your stomach almost, for example. There's another myth where um, it's with the one, there's two brothers and one of them kind of tricks the other brother because he also has a huge appetite. And so he was just going to eat everything. So the smart brother tricked the not so smart brother uh, into eating these like taboo coconuts and then he just couldn't stop eating and it was just like a lesson to not eat so much Mm -hmm. so what i'm getting out of these myths is listen to your parents don't marry strangers or animals in this case um and don't be so greedy yes perhaps because it's not only for yourself but for the community, if mm-hmm. you eat all the food, you kill everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you run out of food, you might eat everyone. Yes. Okay. Um, so that is basically the uh, all that we wanted to talk today about yes. Native American myth and specifically the Sedna Mistress of the Underworld myth. Thank you guys for listening, especially Professor Horn. Yes, thank you, Professor Horn, for making this possible. Yes. If we have any merch in the future, we will send you some definitely for free. Thank you for being our first and maybe only listener of the Luke K podcast. You have a good evening and good night. Good night.